he was saying that he's a king and he wants a virgin. Wait, hang on. Before we get started on the reviews, we need to take a sip of this drink because it looks delicious. And I need to have it right now. It looks really good. I might have to get up and make some more. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, you are. We're going to be drinking multiple of these. Sounds good to me. So, um, our clue for tonight's episode, given by John, was Barbie and high school. Now, there's not much that one can do with that. Well, we came up with a bright pink drink. Yeah, it's called the Hot Pink Barbie Drink. You can find wow. it. Wow, that's original. That's that's literally what it's called. Now, I did find one. I did find one that I almost uh, used, but I I like this recipe better. So it is called the Hot Pink Barbie Drink. I wish that wasn't a name. What's in it? It is. It's, can I take a sip? I like. All right, let's let's taste right it. Hold on. Oh, this looks red. Mm-mm. Oh wow, it's hot pink. That is fabulous. This is, this is this is red. No, it's not. It's pink. Let's not get Put into on the poster right now. Let's not get into the Yanny and Laurel debate. It's pink. It's delicious. It's really good. It reminds me of the Christmas punch that you did. Oh yes. You know, I think, also fabulous. Thank you. I think by the end of um, well, the end is not in sight. I think you know. Mm. Um, I'm gonna be down with this in like five minutes. All right, I'll have to make some more. I think that mm. down the road I might be able to call myself a certified bartender. Except I won't be certified. I'll just be self-certified. You should. You should just get one of those, like, night school degrees from Harvard. Right. The Harvard bartending? They, yeah, I think they do them online, maybe. Oh, maybe I'll from do that. From Harvard? Yes. yes. No. Yeah. It's true. I what, swear to God. What, a bartending degree from Harvard? Yes. It no. is absolutely a thing. I mean, Believe me, on maybe some many rides on the T. Maybe some community college, but not Harvard. No, no, they don't Harvard. do bartending I at Harvard. I guarantee it. I will bet This is not making any sense. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to add it to my resume. What do you want to bet? I don't want to bet anything. Because you, I am that confident that it's a thing. So, getting back to the drink that we have in front of us. If you uh, haven't uh, seen our Facebook video, um, which I realized after I started it that I really need to, like, wait for people to start watching because it was only, like, a minute and 45 seconds long. But Yeah, those things are supposed to be, like, an hour. It was just a behind-the-scenes no, video. Yeah. Our whole podcast is an hour. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> So, tonight in our drink, we have some cranberry juice, pineapple juice, orange juice, Malibu, vodka, and raspberry liquor. And, oh, a, a squeeze of lime juice. Like, fresh lime juice. Ugh. And it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. You know what? You. Actually, you know why it reminds you of the ho- uh, holiday punch? is because it's literally, like, the same recipe except for the vodka and the orange juice. Delicious. Now that I think about it. Except we use um, cranberry Sprite. Yes. In the holiday punch. Oh, yeah. This this is great. So, mm. yep. Hey, guys. Shall we get to our, our favorite segment? No. Why? Because I want to tell you about the reviews first. Okay. okay. All right. So, we got a couple of five stars come in, guys. Now, Ooh, we're up. Yeah. Thanks, so, people. I'm going to shout out uh, one, the headline five star review from Lala J. Lala JJ Love. It says, thanks guys, I love how descriptive y'all are, must be a southerner, and the drinks sound awesome, thank you for always letting us know how to make them so we can try them ourselves or drink one while listening along. You're the highlight of my morning, evening, and sometimes my whole day. Wow. Oh my God. Thank 
cute. That is so nice. Yeah. That's literally like the nicest thing anyone said to me in a long time. Like possibly ever. We have Sarah zero. I like that. Sarah zero eight eight nine one. Maybe that's her social or something. Cannot get enough of this podcast. Sounds exactly how my friends would tell stories to each other. Sounds way, which the way is all capitalized, way better than other true crime podcasts out there. Oh, well, thank you, Sarah zero eight 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 nine one. Wow, that's that's a high honor. There's some pretty good podcasts out there. Yeah, it's time for our favorite segment. Surprise shots! Surprise shots! Surprise shots! We don't know what they are, because they're a surprise. Although by judging of this surprise shot chosen by Jen, um, I think I'm going to need my cocktail as a chaser. Yeah. I'm just going to I'm just gonna say, I'm not judging a book by its cover. Ready? Aim. Cheers. Proust. Wow, that was delicious. Mm-hmm. Here you think. Tap my glass. I did not think I was going to like that. It t- tasted a little like cherry. Yes, cherry like something. Cherry? Is that cherry crown royal? It is not. What is that? That is Desarono. What is Desarono? Oh, Desarono. Oh, very delicious. nice. Delicious. Very nice. I would. Is that like something that you can drink on the rocks, or is that like? Yeah, if you want, it has that higher alcohol volume than the pucker that you really enjoyed last time. That was also delicious. Yeah. Now the bottle is sitting right over there. If you guys want to continue to drink that tonight. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. A beautiful morning in Ontario, June twenty ninth, nineteen ninety one. A picture perfect wedding. Think of a horse carriage. Oh, God. Hundreds of friends and family. Hundreds. Oh, yeah. It was a big wedding. That's huge. huge. That's too big. That's like not even... I want... Yeah. You know, when I get married, I want to have something... I don't want to go say an intimate wedding, but I want I want a decent-sized wedding, but not like... Hundreds. Something where I can't see everyone. Maybe like 50 people. A picture-perfect groom and his bride. You can think of the Barbie doll for the bride. She was beautiful. Beautiful beyond words. She was 21 years old, golden blonde hair. She was gorgeous. I do have to say to our listeners, mm-hmm. if you're under the age of 25, if you're like young, well, number one, maybe you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. I mean, you should because we do value all of our listeners. But if you think that getting married before 25 is your goal, like I did when I was 15 years old, like now I look- It ain't happening. No. It's too soon, people. You need to live your life. If you want to get married by the end of your 20s, that's probably okay. But to say you want to be married by the time you're 21, if you get married by the time you're 21, at least you'll be able to drink at your wedding. But if you get married before 21, like, that that sucks for you. Yeah, it's true. So, all right. So, gorgeous wife, gorgeous husband. The picture-perfect marriage, Mm -hmm. okay? Or it was. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was at the exact same time, just a few miles away, at Lake Gibson. This is not near Ontario, Canada. What color were her bridesmaids' dresses? White, I guess. No, no. Yeah, oh, bridesmaid. I don't know. Her dress was white. I have a picture of her. <laughs> um, what do you mean, bridesmaid? I don't. I don't like, really know I how get, weddings if, work here. If I ever get married, I already have it all planned out. 
Like, I know I talked about it a little bit during episode two, but yeah, I only yeah, talked we, about we the We can't car. go down this path. We can't. We can't. <sighs> Come over here. To... That June 29th, 1991, when they were getting married and doing their horse carriage through town and waving at all the local citizens, Aww. just a few miles away in Lake Gibson, police were pulling out eight broken cinder blocks that fishermen had found earlier that day. Weighing down a body? Not weighing down a body. The fishermen, just local fishermen, they saw them, they looked peculiar. I was like, why, why are these cement blocks here? And so they started pulling them up, and I then they're like, something out. These, these blocks are, you know, cracked. These cement blocks are cracked, and it looks like human flesh in them. So these cops were pulling up. They pulled out eight blocks of cement blocks cement that were blocks. cement blocks cement that were tongue. they pulled out eight blocks of cement blocks infused with human flesh that's infused the same day as this picture perfect a knight's tale wedding was going on right um so was by... it me- medieval themed no it was just like knight's tale women like that Right, fairy tale. But fairy tale. Fairy tale. Fairy tale. Fairy tale. The same thing as fairy tale. I don't tale. know. I haven't seen that. Yes, it's you have. Like, we watched it one day. This is like a nice wedding. So, all right. So they were getting fairy married. Tale this fairy tale wedding, and then a few miles away in Lake Gibson, police pulled out these eight cinder blocks that had human flesh and bones and cartilage inside like of the in cinder. Them? Oh, yeah. So like they in were. The like yeah, kind of like the mafia like kills someone. Yeah, like how the mafia kills someone. They I don't just bury them in the cement. Mafia. Well, I thought they just weighed them down. Yeah. No, they didn't weigh them down. They cut the body up, or the body was cut up and put inside the cinder oh. blocks. The cinder bo- blocks dried, and then they dumped the pieces, which was eight pieces, into Lake Gibson, which oh. is a few miles away from where our story takes place. Oh, wow. I didn't okay. know. That was the same time period. That was the same day. Okay. Okay. Let let me let me get into the character development here. Okay, October seventeenth, nineteen eighty seven. So just what three years before? Four. Four years before? No, uh, three and a half. Yeah. So three years the gr- and ten months. Yeah. So the Barbie. So we're gonna call her Bar Barbie from now on, right? Is that her real name? So her name was Carla Hamolka, and she married. She just married Paul Bernardo. They're both Canadians. Paul grew up near Scarsboro, and so did she. So they were both, you know, relatively close to each other when they grew up. Okay, so here's how it goes down. October 17th, 1987 is when they first meet. Mm. Carla Hamolka, when she was in high school, she was... If you, I mean, have you seen Mean Girls, the show Mean Girls? I love it. You know the it's a movie. It's, in, yes. it's been married Are to the a movie Broadway mean girls? show now. Tina Fey has been nominated for 12 Tony Awards for it. And I want to go see What it. the hell's a Tony know. Award? It's a Broadway Award. Ugh. Only gentlemen. Anyway, so. I do love right, my Broadway shows. So when she was growing up in high school, Carla Hamolka was the main. She was. She was like. She was Regina George. I don't know who that is. Who is that? She's the. Girl she's like the leader of her clique. Yes. Yeah. So she had this clique called Regina the George. Uh, Rachel McAdams. She had this clique called the EDC. 
the exclusive Diamonds Club. Right, I know, right? So, Okay, so the objective for the EDC, the exclusive Diamond Club, mm-hmm. the one that Carla was leading, their entire objective was that each member has to find a rich, slightly older, very good-looking man, get a diamond, and live happily ever, ever after. Like the pregnancy pact. Uh, I was going to say no. I was going to say that's like my life goal. <laughs> Maybe you're part of this club. <laughs> okay, so all through high school, uh, Carla Hamolka wanted to be either a policeman or some type, of, some kind of service person. So a veterinarian, policeman, something where she can help the community. She settled on a veterinarian. She goes to veterinarian school, and when she was 17, she goes um, upstate a little bit in Ontario to this veterinarian convention. I guess it was like a kind of like local vendors and just so she can kind of get an idea what field she's going into. So she goes up there with one of her girlfriends and they're staying in the the hotel, Howard Johnson, I believe she's with her friend and they're drinking and having fun. It's at night. The convention's the next morning, you know, she's like, I'm going to meet a doctor. Well, all right. It's going to be amazing. So she was kind of a hussy in school, but she was a bright student. She was always top of her class. Very popular. She was tall. She was very athletic. She did all the sports. Every guy wanted her. You know, she dated a lot of guys, all this stuff. She was a very dominant female. She's with her girlfriend. And they're upstairs in the hotel room. It's like 1.30 a.m., right? And they got the convention in the morning. They're Wait, drinking. She's gay? No, no girlfriend, girlfriend as in like friend, that. friend, oh. girlfriend. So anyway, they're on the... Number one, they're starving, right? They call room service. Of course, it's closed. 1.30 in the morning. Like, I'm hungry. So they go downstairs. They go downstairs. They go downstairs in their PJs, right? Her and her girlfriend. And her friend. Her friend. Yeah, her girlfriend. And they sit at the hotel restaurant. So why is it not okay to say boyfriend then? That's just not a thing that people say. Yeah. But why? Jen, stick with us. I am. I'm I'm just asking (sighs) a question. I don't know why, but that's a good point. Okay, so they're they're in the hotel, right? Do you just think guy friend? So they're in the hotel restaurant, and they're eating because the room service is closed. And then pulls up is two guys. One of them is very attractive, very confident. He gets out of his the driver's seat of his car, walks around in front of the hotel or in front of the restaurant, comes in. And he just like, you know, he's got his chest up high, 21-year-old, looking confident as hell, right? You can tell he's a university student, well-dressed, preppy, wearing polos and some Sperry's maybe, right? I love my huh? Sperry's. <laughs> I literally wear, like, wait, polos. Yeah. <laughs> wearing some Sperry's. I literally wear Sperry's every day. Yeah. They're so comfortable. So I can do Yeah, so, all right, Are he they? walks into the restaurant and he immediately sees... Carla. Carla. And her The daughter. most beautiful girl he's ever seen. The 17-year-old and her friend. They immediately walk over, and since he's such a confident guy, he immediately sits down. A few hours later, after the chatting and laughing and all this stuff... Now, keep in mind, Carla was kind of a hussy, as I was saying. She was the dominant female in her school, so she was kind of prowling for guys. So, he's looking for that ring. Yeah, so it's... Diamonds yeah. Club. Yeah. So two guys, two girls. His diamonds are a girl's And this was friend. Prince Charming that walked into the restaurant. Every, I mean, Harry, I'll show you a picture. This guy was... Uh, Harry a, or William? Better looking than Brad Pitt. 
End of story. Really? Yeah, definitely. There's got to be a better analogy. I mean, Brad Pitt's a generation before us. Mm. I think that was probably good. Like, I mean, I can No, because blonde I hair. Um, all right, all right. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Love Ryan Gosling. Almost, well, probably comparable to looks as in Ryan Gosling. Yeah, so he Ryan Gosling walks into this restaurant. Is it Gosling or Gosling? Gosling. He's Canadian. Wait, what'd you too. say, Gosling? Gosling, like like the goose. Like is there a G Gosling. on it or not? Yes, Gosling. Yes. Okay, like so, he's like you know the baby geese, Gosling. Yeah. So Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling walks into this freaking restaurant, sits down with these girls, and they're like chatting it up, and she is just enthralled, right? So she's seventeen. She's a little insecure. I thought He's, she was the most confident girl in the school. She is, but I mean, you're looking well, when at you're it. Sitting next to Ryan Gosling, yeah, twenty-one year old, successful, has his own car, is dressed nice. Obviously, he's making a lot of money. He's six feet tall, confident. He's Ryan Gosling. Walks in. When you're sitting with him, you're going to be insecure. So they start chatting it up, and you know, about three hours later, they're at the hotel. They finish their meal at the restaurant. They go back up to their room, the girls' hotel room. And then immediately they walk in the door. Now, keep in mind, it's two guys and two girls. Paul Bernardo, Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamolka immediately start stripping and then having sex with each other right in front of their friends. It's That's like they weren't fun. even there. So, And their friends are like, well, what are you guys doing? And then, you know, Paul That's is like, weird. if you don't like it, then you don't have to watch kind I'll of thing. I'll take you guys taking digs at each other any day over you starting to ah. just, like, do that in front of me in the living room. That would be great. Thanks. So yeah. Paul was, all right, Paul was blonde, blue-eyed, athletic, intelligent, charismatic, and had an angelic baby face. Extremely handsome, and he was an accountant. A.K.A. Ken. Ooh. He was Ken. No, more like Blake. I think Ken had brown hair. No, this was Ken and Barbie. Th- these no. are called the Ken and Barbie killers. Yeah, Barbie broke up with Ken in 2012. Have you not been following the Barbie news? Like, what? She's with Blake that. now. She's with Blake now. Who's Blake? He's the new Ken doll. Do Ken or Barbie are either of them involved in the cement blocks or both or neither? Okay, that's a great question. Great question. So since the age of ten. Paul Bernardo has been collecting women's lingerie advertisements and storing them in his bed. I'm, I'm going to get to that question. Is that I, I can't normal tell you that. For, for, for that is very normal. And what? well, I what? no 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 no. I never did that. Mm-hmm. I never stored them. But you looked, but you collected them. I looked at them, but he stored them. So when Paul Whose Bernardo, what were you looking at at 10 a.m. I'm talking I about mean, like Victoria's Secret. Uh, yeah, like Victoria's Secret catalogs. Yeah, like the stuff that comes in the mail. Oh. When they met that fateful night in that hotel restaurant, they were hooked from day one. And they were both, they both fed off each other their negative energy, the entire relationship, which lasted about five years. Negative energy? Very negative energy. See, I have to say, and John, don't cut this. This is important. So like... I'm very much into the energy feel like when you like like what do you think Nicole like when you have chemistry with someone like you can feel it yeah like it's more than just like a mental thing it's like a physical thing like if there's someone there like you know it like you know that they like you and you know that you like them and it's like it's like palpable so I can see that, but it's unfortunate that they can they had negative energy. Well, this is all right. So like it's just there. 
like I said, I mean, I, like it's that you like, like you don't even have to say it. Like it's just. Well, think about it more in a psychology sense. Okay, not just love. Oh my god, love. Oh my god, it's love. Not, no, it's, love and love and it's love. No, no, think no, about. No, no, sorry, think about. No, 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 no. I'm not saying like a love, 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 love. No, it's like a physical sensation. Like you have this energy with someone, right? And you know it. You know. You know that, like, on some level, it's like a familiarity type thing for me. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's a good way like, of putting it. Like, you know that you know them on some level. Like, you have this connection. Or that you feel comfortable with them on some level. Yeah, comfortable. Right but, like, like, like I said, I mean, like, like, I felt that before. I'm pretty sure it was unrequited, but who knows. Like, but, like, but, like, it, like, it's just... It's remarkable. You have this energy. You can feel their energy. You have your... It's like just like... Like words can't express it. She just immediately... They start stripping and having sex, right? So, number one, think about it. Why would a 17-year-old do that? Well, because she's trying to prove her worth to Paul. Right. So she's she from day one, she is his. And in court testimonies and letters, because there's thousands of them that she has written to him since this time, she has referred to him as her king. Right. As her master. There's a reason why Ooh. you chose this one. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. That's okay, like so really that's beyond. Like, I don't know. Okay, Wait, so what we know so far, the they got she married. So let me back up. They got married, and then at the same time, police found eight cinder blocks of a chopped up female. Is this a Bonnie and Clyde scenario? Okay, so maybe. Oh, Since me age 10. So me who is this Paul? Me and my girlfriend. Down to the right, to the very end. It's me and my boyfriend. All right, so me and Paul. My That's the 03 Bonnie and Clyde by Jay-Z and Jay-Z Beyonce. Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah, Jay-Z's the man. We all know that. She was so infatuated with this guy. She would do anything to place him. But she had no idea that the whole time this guy was known by the media. Not him specifically, but they were looking for him. <gasps> oh. As the Scarborough Rapist. I knew it. I knew he was a killer as soon as you said No, the Scarborough Rapist. That's, he, he was already raping random women in the parks Are when he met Carla. Scarborough Okay, so. Keep singing that. So let me tell you a little bit about this guy's past. Okay, so at age 10, he started collecting women's lingerie. Okay, so he was a, he was a camp counselor. Lingerie or magazines? Like no, uh, advertisements, like advertisements. Oh, in that's magazines. different yeah, than yeah, what yeah, you so. just said. So when he was in high school, he was known for having two things better than anyone else. He had the best porn, and he had the best slasher horror horror movies. Is that like even a high school superlative? Because we had like peppiest and best hair. Like I don't know if I, I'd have best. Porn I mean, collection. that's not going to show up in the yearbook. But in high school, he was known as the sweetest guy. Aww. I mean, this guy was Ryan Gosling. He, I mean, he was a camp counselor. Oh please! He was in. He was involved in the Christian community. He was a really well-to-do guy, and he was he was brought up in a very not wealthy household, but very like pretty upper middle class. So his his dad was a successful accountant, 
And he was just the preppy guy in class. You would never think anything bad about this well, guy. Well, no, you never think bad about the preps. When he was 16, okay, so this is his family life. His dad and his mom, the the life started getting very dysfunctional in the class. He's the youngest of the three kids, right? Okay. And he was actually a bastard child. Oh. So his mom, cheated on his dad. after two kids, his mom goes back to the previous suitor. The previous bow, which wow, wow, and does her thing and then has him and he didn't know about this. And then did the father know the father did know and life started getting really dysfunctional in the household. Oh, I would imagine. Then was when Paul, the kin, you know, Paul, kin, same thing. Right. When he was 16, they got in a really big fight. And his, and his mom, mom or the husband, and the father, husband like, and his mom. And she was pissed. She runs into his room throws down a picture of his real dad and says, this is your real dad. Wow. You're just a bastard child. <gasps> you don't yeah. call your kid that. That's rude. Since then, life has been extremely dysfunctional in that household. Whoa. Her mom retreated to the downstairs basement, got grotesquely obese from what the reports say, and would not come out of the basement at all. That's sad. And Paul, being 16, I mean, it's also living in this... Like, like, just stay in your basement and watch Netflix all day. Her dad... Well, so his dad... All right, his dad was a piece of shit, right? Paul, his nine-year-old sister, his dad would molest her. Wait, how old was he? He was younger, so he's probably six at the time. Okay. So his nine-year-old sister, they would get together on family movie nights... And like Walt, watch Walt Disney and stuff like that. And then his dad would molest the nine-year-old child. What a gar- piece of garbage. With the lights off in front of the whole family. In- no. And the mom. No. Are you serious? Yes. And no. the mom. So she, he would, you know, finger. That's right, Hubble. That's right. That's Stella. Oh, that's right, Stella. On the couch, her sister, his nine-year-old sister would, you know, kind of make these horrible noises. Well, like it yeah. was hurting because... She was getting molested. And then his mom would be like, what's going on over there? And then, but she, she wouldn't do anything about it. Besides that, she wouldn't intervene. What the fuck is wrong with people? Honestly, I I try not to use that word because I, I used to use that word a lot. No, no, no. Let me talk. That's no, I didn't. I, that's no. So if you no no, no, that's the only word I have is no. And I know it's similar to last two weeks ago or whatever it is how many episodes ago but like it, 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 i just don't understand Jen. i just don't understand All she right. listen she like the the household got very dysfunctional she she pretty much barricaded herself downstairs in the basement she got very obese uh-huh. like very yeah. very like morbidly my my, like my 600 pound life I'm sure, morbidly I'm sure if, obese if her husband was molesting their daughter and like, at 16 year old her own 16 year old paul because he was very popular in high school, would tell his friends that he would see his dad go downstairs late at night and have sex with, quote, it, unquote, and then scurry back to his room upstairs. It, the mother mother downstairs. So he referred to his mother as it? Yes. That's a whole other conversation I'm not having right now. Exactly. That's the the lifestyle Paul Bernardo grew up in. But still, like, you don't refer to your mother as it. That's your mother. She gave birth to It was a pretty nice word compared to bitch, whore, slut. 
it's the still c pretty, word which is, which is what the dad referred to yeah all the time plus molesting the daughter so wow. okay stop saying the same thing i as didn't me. i didn't say oh you a coke so all right paul so paul at this time he's still a good student right <laughs> he's just getting this more sexual kind of uh, frustration, this mental kind of disorders in his mind, right? Because he's confused at home. So he's he has all these girlfriends in high school, and they say that he treated them pretty nice. But then when he starts going to college, he goes to college for accounting, University of Ontario. And his girlfriends there, they say a different story. They say he was more forceful. Oh, no. They say he was into the bondage and like and very degrading towards women so he would you know call him the bitch and the slut and stuff like that when they were intercoursing you know what i'm saying so that was paul in college now during this time this is about a year before he meets carla he started going out into local parks and at first he wouldn't fully rape the victims but he would come up behind someone that was running a young girl that was running and kind of molest them or whatever like not not for the reasons why yeah I exactly exercise so so he wouldn't do but eventually it started becoming full intercourse and then full rape, full rape yeah so eventually you can see like the beginnings of a psychopath and a serial killer forming from his days in college and it became more and more and more, and he wanted more and more and more. First, it didn't start with any intercourse, and then it started with full. So what would he start out by doing? Just, like, molesting, fingering, or... But just people who are running in the park? Exactly. Like... Just, just coming up behind them and, and holding their mouth, you know, <gasps> like, so they can't chloroform? breathe. No, not with chloroform, but just, like, choking them out and say, hey, strip down. Let's go over here and That's strip down. That's pretty bad. Yeah, no, it was really bad. Yeah, yeah. So he got dubbed as a Scarborough rapist, okay? That and was him, but he, nobody knew who he was. Yeah, so this was 1990. So, okay, so he's... He, did he wear, like, a mask or something? Was no he mask, un- nothing. He wasn't unidentified. Oh, they knew who what he looked like? This guy, If you saw this guy in the park, you wouldn't think twice about being afraid. This guy was yeah, Ryan Gosling. Like, wow, this guy's If hot. Ryan Gosling... Hey, he's looking at me while I'm running. Exactly. If Ryan Gosling that runs up to you... Because when I am running, like I look like I'm having an asthma attack. <laughs> so anyway, Ryan Gosling... Yeah, so it's if, true. If though. Ryan Gosling runs up to you, you're not going to think twice. You're not going to think, yeah, this guy's probably going to try to rape me. Mm. So that's what he was doing. So this is the time. Keep in mind, he was doing this during his relationship with Carla. Because they've been dating for about two years, right? Oh. They oh, met wait, in 87. Wait, were we fast forwarding? Yeah, so this is 1990. They met in 87. So he's... Oh, but he was doing this before. Oh. He was doing Sorry, this before. Yeah. No, you're fine. He they was got doing... married in 91. No, right, so he was them. doing this before... He wow. meets Carla at the hotel restaurant. Did he stop and when he was dating her? No, he keeps doing it more and more and more, right? So she didn't think anything about it. Number one, he's still in college. So he's driving two hours to see her on the weekends, and Wait, he's staying with her on the weekends. No, uh, hold on, time out. Go I'm ahead. Confused. 
So he was 21 when they met. Yes. Wouldn't that indicate that he's out of college? Typically, people enter college when they're 17 mm. or 18. He was probably enter. a junior in college. At um, I would like to... Well, I didn't turn 21 until I was a senior. I, I would like our audience then. to know right now, I am 32 years old and I am in college. So... That's true. I was 21. When I was 21, I was a junior. Yeah, I guess it depends on when you were born throughout the year. Okay, so... He, also, can I just add yeah. that Disarono is like almost half gone. I know. It was delicious. So he does graduate college and he becomes an accountant okay. within that year. I know right? some accountants. And then, he, so he's still, so he's he's basically driving to see Carla, her mocha, his love of his life. She has no idea that he's out being the Scarborough rapist. Raping all these innocent... I mean, they were like... It started with 11 victims and then went to like 20. Like, I mean, he's raping a lot of people. That doubles. And this is not a very big town. Like, I mean, it's just like... Come on, man. Like, seriously. You know what I'm saying? No. So, all right. He ends up... He gets in a job as an accountant and he ends up losing his job. Oh. And his life is kind of in disarray. And he ends up moving into his... Carla's home with her parents. Right. And they didn't not dislike him, but they knew he was probably cheating on her or whatever. So his life's kind of a train wreck. Yeah. So he's been raping all his people. He moves in with his parents or her parents. And then his one of his good friends says, hey, your life's a freaking train wreck right now. Would you like to make three thousand three three thousand to five thousand dollars a month? Um, I just want to know, like. Like, so her parents were okay with him moving. In yeah, there. they liked him. But, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. I mean, he's an accountant. He's smart. He's confident. He's very, very, very... I mean, he's, he's Ryan Gosling. I mean, still, I They wanna, loved him. Like, I wouldn't have... I, I wouldn't have... have referring to him as Ryan Gosling. <laughs> so he was I, just... Yeah. I wouldn't have, like, a boyfriend... I wouldn't have a significant other, like, move in with my parents, though. That's, like... That's well, they, they they soon become engaged, but right but after still, that, I, the still, police. I just feel like that's yeah. just like awkward, you know. The like, police in 1990 November. So they're engaged. They release a picture of the Scarborough rapist. Oh no! A sketch drawing, and I'll show you this guys later. But it looks exactly like him, <gasps> and all of his friends called the police and says they say this guy is my friend paul bernardo it's him gonna, like this guy is raping people I like it is a dead ringer no one else in the world could look like this it's this guy you for a second we're gonna say that it looks like him and all of his friends no <laughs> so all of his friends literally like five or six of his friends called and said listen this guy is paul this is paul bernardo Wow, he's they must have had this. A good sketch artist this it looks exactly like him. So it great. looks exactly like him. Exactly like a portrait, but in like like that Facebook app where it's like, <laughs> "Hey, check out this picture of you as a sketch." You know what I mean? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. So the so police like actually that. the police go and talk to him. Paul Bernardo, which you will see, growing up in this dysfunctional family is a psychopath. Um, he scored yeah. 35 out Ooh. of 40 on the hair psychopathy test. No. As part can, of, can you please explain Hang this? on. As part yeah. of preparation for this episode, John did ask us to take this test. All right. So what the hair psychopathic test is, this is what psychologists and psychiatrists use 
to measure it's one of the tests that 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 uh, officials use to measure uh, psychopathy in individuals so it is a 20 question uh, inventory on a scale of zero well it's it's there's three options you either click um, you either score yourself score as a zero one or two on this inventory mm-hmm. and so each question you can say zero it does not apply to me Mm-hmm. One applies to me sometimes, or two, it applies to me always, right? So, um, it's twenty questions, and if you score in the United States, this is something that I found interesting when I was doing it. Uh, in the United States, if you score thirty or above, um, you generally demonstrate psychopathic traits, and you know people can diagnose from there. However, in the UK, if you score a 25 or above, Mm. you generally generally demonstrate psychopathic traits. So, I was actually kind of, like, questioning, like, what's the discrepancy? Why is it... They have a lower threshold of psychopaths? Right. So, it's like, in the UK, it's like, you score lower, you could be... It's almost like the US is giving you a little bit of leeway. So, Jen, what was your score? My score was a 2. Oh, a two? Wow, that's pretty low. What was your score? It was a four. Yeah, that's about where mine was. No, no it wasn't. <laughs> that's bullshit. I was a ten. Ah! But so, that's okay. Because but that's it was okay. still within it the was, normal range. Like, what yeah. was it up to? A twenty? Thirty. If you score a third, and now in the United States, thirty or above is psychopathic. But twenty-five was, or above in the UK is is psychopathic. Yeah. So, Paul Bernardo. The Ken doll scored 35 out of 40. He is a guaranteed true psychopath, and his police interviews will creep the hell out of you. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, when you think about... Now, I haven't heard these these interviews, but when you think about what he's gone through and, like, the way that... Like, that there's always that nature versus nurture debate yeah. in psychology. <laughs> exactly, and, but don't give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm just explaining to our listeners that there are different, different reasons as to why he may have scored that. Because when you think about the way that the environment that he was raised in, um, the way that his father treated his mother, the fact that his mother cheated on his father and then went into this deep depression... Um, not only was it an environmental factor, however, it was seems like there is a genetic factor too because his mother, as you know, as you may or may not know, our listeners, depression and other, um, you know, different diagnoses, there is a genetic factor. So his mother seemed, you know, had depression. Yeah. That's there's a genetic link there. His father, yeah. I don't know the issues that his father had, but it seems like there you know, he seems like a terrible person, but he may have had some psychological issues, and that could be a genetic link too. So, it seems like a a likely um it, to me anyway, it seems like and in just stating I am not a professional psychologist. I'm just someone who is interested in these things. I, I did study psychology, but just from a common sense point of view, um, there's both genetic and environmental factors playing into this guy's life. So it, it doesn't surprise me that he has these tendencies. Yeah, and I want to say real quick, this 
I don't want to go into this, but I do need, I feel like I need to point out he did have infant disorders. He had a transient natal blood clot and aphasia, which infant disorders are common among serial killers. Right. I don't, and I don't really get, want to get into that too well, much. Go that's ahead. interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. But aphasia, that's like a, that's a speech disorder. Yeah. It's a speech disorder. So the cops actually questioned him if someone was accused as a Scarborough rapist and they had their picture in the paper. If they came to your door and that was your picture, you would freak out. You'd be nervous. You'd be trying to make up lies. This guy was super calm. Cool as a cucumber. Cool as a cucumber. He was eating popcorn and just kind of like... I love popcorn. It's he like was, my favorite Yeah, but he was ever. like... He was very nonchalant. And he he immediately threw the, guard, the uh, police off guard... Because they immediately thought to themselves, this guy this guy didn't do all this. I mean, this guy's a cool guy. But he, that's the psychopathic tendencies. And let me play this one thing, because um, I know you want to say something, Jen. One thing. This is Dr. Jordan Peterson. If you're preyed upon by a psychopath, which you will be to some degree at some point in your life, the psychopath, who will be narcissistic, will presume that you're stupid and, and, and that you deserve to be taken advantage of because you're naive and stupid. So it's actually a good thing that he's doing it. And uh, he, his proof for, and I'm saying he because there are more male psychopaths, um, the, uh, the proof that you're stupid naive is that he can take advantage of you. And so, like, if you were wiser, you'd, you'd be, you know, you'd, you'd know his tricks and then it wouldn't be morally necessary for him to show you just exactly who knows what about what. And so the psychopath will use his ability to, to fool you as proof of his own grandiose, grandiose omnipotence, omniscience, and narcissism. And the problem with that is that you, you can be fooled by a psychopath, and virtually anybody can. So that Robert Hare, for example, who studied psychopaths for a long time and interviewed a lot of them, like hundreds of them, and videotaped many of the interviews. He said when he was talking to the psychopath, he always believed what they were saying. And then he'd watch the video afterwards and see where the conversation went off the rails. But, you know, the, pro pro the proclivity to be polite in a conversation is very strong. And if you're polite, you don't object to the way that the person unfolds their strategy, you know. And psychopaths are pretty good at figuring out how to manipulate obviously, how to manipulate people. And the probability that you will be immune to that is extraordinarily low. So you guys understand that? The cops came to him because his picture's in the paper. Yeah. And he immediately derailed them by nonchalantly, like, not caring, kind of like... It's, it's hard to explain because I'm not a psychopath, but he was very... <laughs> <laughs> but you did score higher than the rest of us. He was... Hang on. They, you know, actually, the cops were the fooled. Like, yeah. Let me just interject real quick. In the DSM-5, like, the word psychopath, it, like, it's not in the index. Like, it's it's not a thing. Hmm. Isn't I'm that surprised. weird? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like, but the, the, the DSM, I mean, unless I was looking at the wrong index, I don't know. But, like, it's not, it, it, it wasn't there. They have so many other adjectives to use. There's so many other things to worry about. They don't say whether you're psychopath. a psychopath or yeah. not. They go based on the other disorders that, and then whatever, the whole, I don't know. So the police came to his house because his picture's in the paper. And number one, all his friends called and said, hey, this guy's a rapist. He's raped, like, 20 girls. Like, his picture is spot on. And he brings the cops in. He's like, yeah, come on in. Come on in, guys. 
You guys want some uh, some tea or something? Oh yeah, I know. I look just like that guy, don't I? It's crazy. It's my like at how I met it's your mother. It's crazy. Yeah. I look just yeah. like that guy. No, and then and then he derails the conversation, and then the police, right? They it's, get the derailed police... and and they get confused, and, and then they leave, and and they think in their mind, "There's no way this guy could have did it." Right. So like, if I were a guy and the police were coming to my door about like a possible match to a sketch i would totally be wearing like a fake mustache and like some exactly most people would most people would be if if you knew that it was you you would you'd be nervous no i wouldn't be nervous i would just be wearing a fake mustache and be like it can't be this guy because he's wearing a mustache okay so 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 he's living does not have a mustache so he's living with his carla's parents right now and her so okay so the cops come to carla's parents door are they home? And they, yeah. The, and they the say. The parents are home when they come? They quit. Because if the parents are home when they, if like, if I were, okay, if I were Carla's mother and the cops came to the door, that would be red flag number one. All right. So it was November 20th, 1990 when they actually questioned Paul Bernardo. They said. Wait, November 20th, they got married. No, they're not married June yet. 29th, they're, 1991. They're engaged right now, ah. but they've been together for a year and a half or whatever. So they're happy, right? So he got questioned, mm. and Paul Bernardo is so nonchalant about it. He's like, Yeah, of course I'll give you a blood sample. What do you need? Saliva, blood, urine? Yeah, sure. Whatever you need. Wow, what a confident prick. Yeah, exactly, right? So he, I mean, that, there's no way. So anyway, that blood sample sat in the forensics lab for two years. Right, and you can imagine what has happened because in two years. Because they all felt like, oh, he yeah. wouldn't do anything. Yeah, he looks like Ryan Gosling. Yeah, so he didn't even think anything of it. So during the time he was living with his girlfriend and his parents, um, so his girlfriend was the oldest of three others, right? And she had a younger sister, Tammy, that was 14 years old. And she had something that her sister Carla couldn't give him. You know, because Carla. No, I can't drink that. Babe, come on. That's yours, right? Focus. Whose is this for? Focus. Not for me. Come on, if focus. If I drink anymore, I'm going to fucking We'll be die. here for one. I'm going to pour. Jen, uh, I can't drink it. Nicole pulled that Jen, for me. listen. I'm listening, but I'm just saying I don't want to waste this drink because wasting is alcohol abuse, but I can't drink anymore. If I drink anymore, I very Jen, much Jen, as well just Jen, go Jen, Jen, to Jen, St. Jen, Francis Jen, Hospital. Jen, Jen. 1990, he started becoming really interested in the one thing that Carla couldn't give him. Do you guys know what that is? Gay sex? No, she's mm. been giving him that. No, she's oh, not. She, she's a woman. She's been, she, he's, the he's been forcing anal sex on her this whole oh. time. Oh, I was not expecting actually like Forcing, that forcing too. with an electrical cord around her throat, forcing. What? Oh What's God. the one thing that she couldn't give him? A penis. A baby. The virginity. She oh. wasn't a virgin when they met. Well, who oh. was a virgin? Her younger I sister. Like her sister, Tammy. How old was she? 14 years oh. old. What a dick. She no, was still a virgin. Just, no, did, was so, she was she willing to give her virginity? No, her? but they they were. He, he was taking her out, uh, but they weren't. So uh, Carla was getting. They weren't doing anything. No, no, no. I have a serious question. No, no, no. This is a serious question. So he was engaged to Carla, and he was still ta- he was taking her younger fourteen year old sister out. 
Is that correct? So they were just Virginia, doing errands and stuff. Oh, just, just on errands. So her 14-year-old sister thought the world of Paul, like a big brother almost. She thought that he was his big brother, like he could do no wrong, right? So um, he began to... So, so eventually, Paul, that was already constantly beating Carla because he's a psychopath, wanted her to dress in her sister's clothes No, when she was at school and then he would act out these fantasies of like raping her and stuff like that so her her with Carla yeah his fiance Carla was wearing her sister's clothes I wish I could fit into my sister's clothes and being in her something. (laughs) and they would get in her sister's bed when she wasn't there and act out all these fantasies so one trait about psychopaths is they like scripts from from what I've been learning so they like to they, they like scripted material as far as serial killings and stuff, they like everything to be done by a script. That's so, disgusting. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, that's that's no. So he was very sadistic, guys. So um Carla would say to him, because he would make her say, she would say, I'm your fifteen year old virgin. I love you. You're the king. And then she would perform, you know, oral sex on him. And he would stare at a photograph of her sister while with she does Carla that. With Carla in the room? With her do, um, doing oral sex on him. He would look at her she sister's... She knew that he was yeah, doing yeah, yeah. this? That's twisted, man. Yeah. I'm so, sorry. Um, uh, I cannot. All right, put, put, put yourself in Carla's shoes. Car- Carla... I can't drink any more booze, but if I could tolerate any more, I would most certainly be drinking Carla's more. a shitty person, but then again, yeah, she was... I'd no. So. But then again, she was... She was deeply, deeply infatuated with Ryan Gosling in, in a way that... I love that we're still calling him Ryan Gosling. When he says fine. Ryan Gosling, he's talking about... Ken. Ken uh, the Ken AKA, doll, yeah. a.k.a. Paul, Paul. Paul. He actually Paul, says, yeah, Paul Bernardo. Paul so he, she was infatuated with Paul Bernardo, like now, her fiancé. Now, okay, she, can I just interject? Yeah. There is a difference between infatuation and love. So she, Absolutely. So she was infatuated with him, but she, she wasn't in love with him? She was in love with him. Everything. There's like, a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. She would put up with anything. She got beat by him. She got called a slut, a whore. That she, doesn't mean but that he's doesn't been. Mean, but, yeah, but that, that's, that's not a clear definition of infatuation or love. Now, were they engaged at this point? They were engaged, yes. Now, so one could say that they were in love with each other? Or that, was she infatuated with him? There's a difference. Well, she was infatuated because she was six years her, his his junior. junior. Age doesn't mean anything. Okay, just listen. Listen. Um, so we'll just have to clarify this via the tapes that we're about to listen to. But for our listeners, there is a difference between infatuation and love. Being physically and verbally abusive to me at that time, as you know. Um... He kept on pushing and pushing and pushing, and I said, finally I said okay, and thinking that it would it wouldn't be, you know, it would just be one time. That's it. We would shut him up, and he would stop bothering me and stop hurting me. So at the whole time he was beating her, Carla, and he 
he was saying that he's a king and he wants a virgin. You can't give me your virginity because you don't have it, but your sister does. Your 14-year-old sister does. I want her. I want to have sex with her and take her virginity, something like, you can't give me. And she eventually agreed. Right? The sister agreed? She eventually agreed. The younger sister agreed? No, the older sister agreed. To what? To say, yeah, you can have my sister's virginity? Yes. That's fucking No. Up. I, I have learned my lesson from the pre- previous episodes not to go on a tangent, so I'll keep my nopes to one. But you can know just as damn well that one nope is essentially the same thing as my freak out from two episodes ago. Huh? Yeah. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. He wanted the virginity of Tammy. And he would sneak out, because he was living with Carla, he would sneak out like 2.30 in the morning or whatever and watch her through her window and watch her undress. He was infatuated with her younger sister. That's weird. So Paul says, quote, maybe I should have sex with Tammy. and. And teach her the proper way. Oh, wouldn't it be great if Tam? What? It, wouldn't it be great if Tam got to feel snuffles? Now snuffles is what Carly called his wiener. Oh, that's Mr. A weird snuffles. Name. Yeah, it's like snuffles? a Mr. Snuffles? yeah, snuff Mr. Snuffles. That's like actually the most awkward name. Yeah, ever. I know, right? Wait, like, do people like do people do refer to their partners like? No. I know that's really weird. So she would, she was, she wrote him letters <laughs> like, every so day, weird. every day. They absolutely, I don't know. But every like, day that, she so would weird. write him a cute note and put on his pillow. You know, she does that Carla too. Was? Yeah, and so she would refer to his wiener as Mister <sighs> Snuffles. Mister so, Snuffles. That, no, but like, no, hold on, time out. When wait, I wait. no, like, hang on, on. I'm gonna. Start. I need to make a comment. Like, totally I'm different. sorry. Like, that's just weird. Like, when I hear Mr. Snuffles, it is Snuffles, weird. I think of like Snuffleupagus from Sesame yeah, Street. Yeah, yeah. Will you get out of my head? No, I don't. I hated Sesame Street. Like, I really hated what? Sesame Street so much. Okay, so what? maybe. How can you no Sesame Street? Ma- uh, no time out. We maybe need to talk about I. That. Oh that's okay. Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers in particular bored the fucking shit out of me. Mr. Rogers was... As a child, I was really annoyed. PBS PBS programming was... Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, and I thought they were total... I thought, like, I think this was, like, the words of my mother from recent times. I thought they were bullshit, and I hated listening. No, to them. T- no, no, no. I have to disagree. Absolutely. P- no, no, no. One hundred percent. No, no, no. I have to disagree. PBS programming was the cornerstone of my childhood. I could. I wait. All right, listeners. If you no, no, no. Time out, Nicole. Don't say anything. Let me finish. Listeners, comment on our Facebook page. I'm, not, I'm gonna create a poll. Leave us a comment on, on iTunes. iTunes. Or on iTunes. On, on, on iTunes, our Twitter, or our Facebook page. I'm gonna create a poll. If you say PBS was beneficial or PBS was detrimental to our childhood, and I'm not saying it was detrimental. I thought it was bullshit boring. Okay, all right. Well, let me reword the question. Where I'm gonna create a poll whether you loved PBS programming such as Mr. Rogers, Sesame Street, 
Teletubbies, Reading Rainbow, all that stuff. All of that shit was fucking Including boring. Bob Ross. Bob Ross also. Terrible. Don't you talk bad about Bob Ross. I'm, not I'm ending awful. this conversation right now. I'm not talking about no, Bob Ross. No, 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 no. I'm done with this conversation. I'm Bob about, Ross. I'm not talking bad about so Bob Ross. Jenna's pro. All right, all right. Time out. All right. So comment on our iTunes, Facebook, iTunes, or email me at jennettalkmurder.com whether or not. PBS programming, including but not limited to Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Reading Rainbow, Bob Ross, and Thomas the Tank Engine were great or boring. How would they be boring? That is a public broadcasting service. Like I don't recall. Hang on. No, John. I'm just going to say. This is a non-profit organization. They're providing good education. I and Nicole, the ladies are talking. You need to stop. I will say from Nicole's perspective, I do not recall, per se, my interactions with Sesame Street or, um, what were the ones? Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Oh, Mr. Rogers. I And it wasn't called Thomas the Tank Engine. I know. I hated Mr. Rogers. But Sesame Street in particular, my mother, who listens to this podcast, will testify and say... I thought all of those things were really boring. Mr. Rogers. And that was because I was third place in my school. Mr. Rogers. Right. Y'all know Nicole's smart. Now, listen. In my school's listen, geography, listen. I'm really smart. <laughs> I'm really intelligent. Mr. Rogers was Stop. a Marine sniper with 23 confirmed kills. Right, listen. Okay. There we go. 1990. Listen, guys, listen. 1990, December. Paul has been making it very clear to Carla. Board. I want your sister, your 14-year-old sister. I want her virginity. That's gross. And he was promising her marriage. So they got engaged, and he gave her a nice ring. December 1990. Jen, please, let me get on with this. I just want to ask a question. 1990, he was really telling um, Carla, Carla, he was like, listen, I need that virginity of that 14-year-old girl, your sister. I need it. That's gross. And I'm the king. They decide on New Year's Eve, she's going to give him the one thing that she can't give him herself. She's going to give him her sister's, sister's virginity. <gasps> Carla was working at a veterinarian clinic. December. Do you remember I told you she wanted to be a veterinarian? She was actually working at the animal clinic. She had, she got halicyon, uh, which is like an animal uh, sedative. That they used to do surgery on dogs. No, they, no, 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 no. Just listen. I'm, I'm just... I'm just she got that and she got access to halothane. December 23rd, the whole family was Two there. after her birthday. The whole family was there. They were, you know, watching movies. They were drinking eggnog. It was Christmas, almost mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. Tammy was there. 14-year-old Tammy. He's been lusting over her for about a year now. So they came up with this plan. She got the drugs, the the halothane and all this stuff from the animal clinic. She comes over. They start spiking her drink with this animal sedative. And eventually the parents go to bed upstairs. And they're like, okay, Tammy, you need to go to bed too. And then Paul and his you know, Queen, Carla, were like, no, Tammy, you just stay, let's put a movie in the VHS. Remember when they had those, the VHS, let's watch a movie and stay up a little bit and we'll drink some more. Remember, she's 14. That's gross. So, they drug her. No. 
She passes out finally, and then Paul's like, all right, you ready? You ready? And he's in his serious mode at this time because he's got it all scripted in his mind. He tells Carla, all right, get the halothane, get the halothane, hold it over her mouth. So they chloroform. Yeah, basically chloroform. So she holds it over her own sister's mouth, her younger sister's mouth. What the fuck? They undress her, her. and he has a video camera because he's got a video camera. He's recording all this, just like all of his other rape victims. No, he recorded his rape victims? Yeah, he recorded all of his rape victims. So he can watch them later and get excitement off of it. Hamoka, her sister, the big sister, says, Paul, put on a condom. And then he 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 penetrates her younger sister. Paul, hurry up, she says. And then he says, shut up. Please hurry up before someone comes down. Because remember, the whole family's there. This Christmas, almost Christmas Eve, they're upstairs. They've done gone to bed. Shut up. Keep her down. Then her, her big sister pours more halothane onto the cloth pressed against Tammy's face. And then he enters her again. And then... Her big sister urges him again to put on a condom. Put something on. Shut up, Carla. Put something on. Do it. You're getting all worked up. And then she says, fucking do it. Just do it. Then he penetrates her anally. Um, He continues for about a minute. And then he says, do you love me? And then she says, yes. Will you blow me? Yes. Then he says, suck on her breast. Her big sister says, I can't suck on her breast, suck, suck, suck. And then she does it. He rapes her and then he forces her sister, Carla, to do like, you know, sodomize her and her own sister. No. Yes. What? And to do stuff with her. No. Then they have the, the, the rag over her mouth of halothane, which leaves a huge scar. I mean, she's passed out. She starts choking. The sister. She chokes to death <gasps> on her own vomit. She can't breathe. She's making all these noises. They're freaking out. They try to turn her over, but she's lifeless at this point. She's dead. She's choked to death on her own vomit. Now they're freaking out. They killed her little sister. Her big sister is naked, just got done molesting her younger sister. Because she was so infatuated with this guy, she would do anything for the king that she molested her own younger sister. I I can't. She chokes to death. Nope. And she's dead, right? They they start freaking out. They, They Paul quickly closed her and takes her into the bedroom, right? They call the 911. 911 gets there, the ambulance. The police get there and everything, and they say, "Yeah, she, we were just drinking, and she, we just heard her just randomly start choking, and that was it." Um, if I didn't turn the water tap off completely, he'd hit me. Um, if uh, if I didn't say the right thing, he'd hit me. He held knives to my throat. He told me I better watch my back. Um, he said, "Always watch your back with me." Her feet were tied with that electrical. Um, electrical cord that he used to kill Leslie and there was electrical cord around her neck he anally raped her and then he strangled her after he was done it stands out really clear in my mind because the night before I left him he did the exact same thing to me only he didn't kill me 
he kept saying, go through what we're going to do. She was suffering from what she told the court, and we'll get into this, but she was suffering from the battered wife syndrome. Basically, she was so enthralled by this guy that he controlled everything about her. So if she said, if he says, hey, I want your sister, I want you to do, you know, drug her and I can rape her, she would do it because she was, her whole life was for this guy. She was brainwashed by him. She was brainwashed. Yeah. But like how, like, obviously this is a thing that happens, you know, obviously this, this case is not the first. So, all right. So the police come to the house, she's dead and... The whole thing is ruled an accident because they're like, oh, she was drinking and she just choked her own vomit. There was a big, and it's a huge, I'll show you a picture. It's a huge, there was a huge red scar on the side of her face from where they held that halothane cloth because it burns the skin. It was huge. And they they claimed it. They didn't look into that? They said it was a rug burn because they tried to resuscitate her. So they dragged her on the carpet, even though she would be on her back. So there's no way they would drag her on her face because that's just stupid. Also, so I want to point out that the police got a lot, and I mean a lot, of hatred for this case because they made a shit ton of mistakes. Number one, the body was moved from the living room to the bedroom. Hmm. And when they were asked about that, Paul said, well, the bedroom had better lighting so I can resuscitate her. I could give her CPR. You don't need lighting to they, resuscitate They someone. compared both the lightings. They were the same. Okay. There were a even... big red mark on her face from a rug burn. The big sister mm-hmm. says she choked because she was drinking too much. You know how, it, I mean, there's plenty of deaths that happen like that. They're At not going to, que- they're not going to question that though. They, they would never think that the big sister killed her little sister and raped her. That's not a thing that happens. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So that wasn't even a question, right? I can't. I can't. So soon after that she dies, um, literally the next week, they start grabbing girls and bringing them back to the house. Blindfold, raping them, and usually dropping them off. They would drug them and drop them off. And they went through probably 20 girls like this. Both of them together as a couple, right? In fact, they went back to, at one point to the parents' house and after Tammy's death, the young sister, he forced Carla to dress in her clothes and she he pretty much raped Carla on Tammy's bed. You know, seeing a picture with a picture frame of her. And I actually have a picture of them the next year, like smiling all happy with a, a frame of the little sister in the background. It's really creepy. So, um, yeah, so this went on. He was constantly molesting and, and raping girls, and he would bring them back to the house. And now he has something on Tammy. Uh, uh, on Carla, right? Because she basically killed her sister. So now he's bringing girls back. He doesn't even care. You know, so she's upstairs, and then he hear, she hears... This commotion going on, because this girl she, screaming. Because she knows what he's capable yeah, of. Yeah, she can. Thing, so, like, she wouldn't even dare to act out against him. Well, if she, if he if he goes down, she goes down. So he's bringing all kinds of young girls, 14, 15-year-old girls, back to the house, raping them. And she's upstairs. She ain't going to say anything. And eventually she actually gets in on it. 
I wonder, like, what his, like, how did he get these? So, at this point, this is in the late 80s, right? This is 90s. 90s, 90s, yeah. Early 90s. Or before or after their wedding. This was slightly before their wedding. So, this is early 90s. So, he's like 23, 24. Yeah, somewhere around there. And he's getting girls. 26. I think it's 26. 14. Yeah. Okay, so in January 1991, he picks up another girl, brings her to the home, and rapes her, right? So, I mean, he's doing this all the time now. Um, he ends up finding this girl on the street, Leslie Mahaffey. She's 14 year old. Um, she, he actually goes and abduct, abducts her from her, uh, outside of her home. Right. And then she, he brings her home and then Carla helps to rape and murder her. Oh um, my gosh. and then they, so what happens with this? They bring her back to the house and it's like a three day ordeal. They're torturing her, raping her, and all that kind of all right, stuff. Oh, that makes more sense. Like, he's abducting them. He's not just being like... Yeah, he's like, abducting them. That's different than being like, hey, girls, but, like, and then being yeah. like, into it. That's well, different. usually he'll, he'll abduct them and then keep their eyes closed with a blindfold. <laughs> oh, and then do his thing at his house and then drug them and drop them off. But this girl actually saw their faces... So, you know, he brings no Carly over there and Carla and it's like, we got to take care of this, you know, and, it, you know, we got to we got to kill this girl. So they what they do is she's in captivity. They end up killing her. She, he chokes her out with an electrical cord. Oh, dear. And I mean, it's, it's really fucked up how like just reading the commentary it's it's I don't even want to get into yeah, it. I don't, no. Yeah, he's a very psychopath. He kills her and then he talks, you know, cuz Carla's still working at the veterinarian clinic. He goes up there th- like the next day and he's like, "I got a great idea. I got a, such a great idea. We could just get some cement, some quick mix cement and cut up her body." Oh. And disperse it in the cement, and then dump her in the lake. Oh, so that was what they did. Okay, you know? okay, okay. And she so wasn't she. Okay. The whole time she is. I mean, she's claiming the battered wife syndrome when she's in prison, mm-hmm. when she's getting doing her testimony because I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think that like okay. So I'm not saying that's a false thing. I'm not saying I am not. I am not saying that battered wife syndrome is a, is made up. I'm not saying that at all. But, like, how many... Like, she killed her own sister. She killed her own sister. That This 14-year-old girl, they killed her, chopped her up, cinder blocks. And then the day they got married, the day they got married is when the police pulled those cinder blocks out of the lake. You remember when I started yes. the story? That's when they pulled the cinder blocks out of the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 14-year-old girl that both of them, the two of them, collectively tortured for days raped, murdered, oh, chopped up, put in cinder blocks, dumped in the lake. Now they're now it's like nothing happened, guys. Like it's they they're on a wedding. Like nothing matters. Like we're on a wedding. We're so happy. All their friends and family there. Who the hell would think that this this is these guys, these couple that is doing this. It's it's crazy. This is this is what a pure Psychopath is. So this is like pure psychopath. So there's original Bonnie and Clyde, and then there's 
Bonnie and Clyde 03 with Jay-Z and Beyonce. This is like Bonnie and Clyde 90s. Yeah. So after this, they're still living in the St. The, the homies renting in St. Catharines. Things get worse. The marriage was good. They they go to Hawaii and they do their thing. The whole time, she, he wanted to find some girls in Hawaii and rape them. But she, she was like, and in the police interviews, is very, very eerie. Because she's like, I didn't want him to ruin my honeymoon by raping and murdering girls. I wanted it to just be about me. Like, she's narcissistic as fuck, too. She's just as fucked up. In 1992, in April, April 16, 1992, they kidnap Kristen French. They go to this, like, Catholic schoolgirl type of community church uh, school, university or whatever, like 14-year-old, 15-year-old. They're all wearing these Catholic schoolgirl uniforms. And he started driving around there and getting kind of an idea in his mind. And he started making Carla dress up in a schoolgirl outfit. Well, that's fucked up. And kind of scripting what he would do. So they pull in one day. And this girl, Kristen French, she was 14, 15, somewhere like that. Walking up. And she's kind of, you know, weird at the time. And this kind of car pulls up. And they're both in there. And then Carla says, hey, can you come over here? And she has a map. And she's like, well... We were kind of lost. Can you show us where to go? And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then Paul gets out and then goes around the back of the car without her knowing and puts the chloroform over her mouth, puts it in her car, whatever. And then Carla holds her down and they drive back to her their house. Well, it sounds to me like she's taking the lead on this one. You know what I mean? Well, she is, but I mean, her testimony in court was she's a battered wife, so she's doing, she's, she's basically hypnotized, right? So she's, she's a slave to him. Okay. So they, three days of torturing, constantly raping, like anal raping, all kinds of stuff. I mean, she's a virgin, right? They were all virgins. And, she would he would hit Carla in front of her. So actually, Carla and the girl Kristen French, which the girl they abduct abducted, the last girl, they kind of became kind of close. Like when Paul would leave to go get food for everyone, like they would talk and like gossip or not gossip, but you know, kind of like consult each other. Insult each other. Not no, but consult each other. Like it's gonna be okay. And then she actually, she was kind of a fighter, so she was like, "I don't know why you stay here." And you know, she's only fourteen, fifteen at the time. That's deep. And then yeah, so. So like she was so so, the French French girl, not like French like France, French your last name. She was like, she was bonding with Carla. Yeah, exactly. She almost made her realize like what's going on. When Carla was in this state of, you know, battered woman syndrome and she was this was just her lifestyle with this monster and this girl that they were raping, you know, and torturing like they had this bond where they just she got her and she tried to like talk her way out of it. Is yeah. that what's happening? Yeah, so this is from um the Ken and Barbie Killers by Peter Vranoski. Um, from wait. Crimes Canada. He says on the third day of her captivity, Kristen French began to openly resist Bernardo 
refusing to obey his commands, not the behavioral path a Stockholm Syndrome victim takes. Bernardo then showed her the videotape of Leslie Mahaffey, the one that they put up in cinder blocks, uh, being raped and tortured, saying to Kristen, you know who that is, don't you? What happened to her will happen to you if you don't do what I tell you. Kristen must have been horrified to recognize the face of the girl who had been reported missing and had been found dismembered at Lake Gibson. Despite the horror, the courageous 15-year-old Kristen French refused to comply further with Bernardo's perverted demands and defiantly countered, there are some things worth dying for. Bernardo responded with a sustained cycle of vicious punches, punches and kicks to her body, Homoka and Bernardo raped her again several more times before Bernardo commenced beating her yet again. What and then monster. they actually take her body because they they wanted to put her body back where it was found in like in Scarborough area, way up north, so they wouldn't be connected. So they actually tried to find the grave of Leslie Mahaffey, the one that they chopped up in center blocks they tried to find her grave and they were going to throw they were going to throw her dead body on her grave but they couldn't find it so they threw her naked body in a ditch on the side of the road and then carla took a lock of her hair and kept it as a souvenir what in 1992, December, they finally, and this is one of the backlashes the police got, they finally tested the DNA of Paul Bernardo. After all of his friends said, hey, this guy is a Scarborough rapist, please check this guy. What made them finally test their DNA? Because there was these two murders. Oh, right. Yeah, and, they, and this guy's name kept popping up. And they actually went to visit him again for these murders. The cops? And they left there. Because I, I read all the, the police notes that they wrote down. They left there in a state of almost confusion. Because he's such a psychopath. He derailed their train of thought. Oh my it's really crazy to see. The actual police interviews of Paul Bernardo. You would, you would think if you didn't know the context of the videos. That he was actually a CEO of a company. The way he demands the entire police interview and almost degrading the officers. You wouldn't even believe that he's the one that was being charged. You'd believe he's the boss. Oh. But that's a psychopath. Okay, guys? Like, all right. January 1993, he ends up beating the shit out of Carla with a flashlight, a big mag light. No. He calls her raccoon face. I got a picture. It's She looks like a raccoon. It's very awful. Very awful beating. They arrest him for like a day. He gets back out. Finally, they go back a month later. They bust into his room because they finally test his DNA, and he is the, his DNA matches all the Scarborough rapes. So it took them not the first interview. Yeah, it took the them second, two murders. And, not the second yeah. interview, but and then finally him well, three beating murders. his own his beating his own wife for them to finally. Yeah, test it took him three DNA. murders, two years, and a bunch of rapes to finally bust on the door and and arrest him okay so listen guys february they do not find the police tapes of the murder they spend 71 days they had detectives they look like spacemen 
with their spacesuits on in the house, going to combing through everything, trying oh, wow. not to get their fingerprints anywhere. They could not find the videotapes that they knew were in there somewhere of him allegedly raping and murdering these young girls. And there were a lot of young girls, these videotapes, right? Um, during that time, they they arrested, because the gig was up. They connected them. The gig was up. They arrested both Paul and Carla. Carla, at that time, before they had the tapes, right, she claimed battered wife syndrome. She claimed she was a victim. She wasn't just victimizing these victims. She was a victim herself. And And in the tapes, she was getting beat, which they haven't seen the tapes, but she was getting beat by Paul. You know, go, go down on her, do this to her. You better do what I say. She was being, she was a victim. So she played that card. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you don't want to do that stuff, did she? In the videotapes that they later saw, she was a, she was a Full primary role in the sexual assaults. She would sexually assault these girls with wine bottles. Uh, she would do anything. She would. She was on just her own accord without his like without his prompting. Still, mean? she was doing it. No, but I mean, like you say, she's a prime. Like, uh, like I'm just saying. Like, did she want? Like, did I don't know. I didn't see the video, so I can't really comment. But like, he was telling her to do these things, or she was doing them on her own. Well, she got arrested. Well, they both got arrested. Right. The gig is up. They both got arrested. He gets charged with two murders. She gets charged with two murders. But she strikes a plea deal that says if she testifies against her husband, because she told the you know, I district... I you couldn't testify your, against your spouse. Well, she testified, uh, you know, with the well, British the Crown. States, or with the, with the Crown, the, uh, you know, the Canadian government. Right. She said, hey, I'm a battered wife. And she had a psychologist and her attorney was really good. I was a victim myself. I'll testify for a plea bargain. And then once the deal was signed, she got 12 years in prison to testify everything against Paul. So she, I mean, the deal was signed. You can no go back. It's signed. Then the videotapes emerged and showed her being one of the prime accusers. I mean, the prime, not suspects, but the, you know, offenders? offenders of these rapes. I mean, she was raping people with wine bottles That's gross. and and everything else. I mean, it's awful, right? I mean, you don't want that. The, the video that they took of her killing her own sister, which I going, still can't going down on her own sister, oh my God. stuff like, like that. Um, keep going. Yeah, okay. we're not talking, we're not stopping here. We're going on. It's- okay, so. They searched the home. They didn't find it. So they're in jail. They didn't find any videotapes. They spent 71 days. They couldn't find anything. Then his lawyer, Paul's lawyer, Ken Murray, gets told by Paul, hey, go into, gain entrance to the house, and I'm going to tell you where these videotapes are. He, he grabs these videotapes, and he keeps them, and he doesn't show the judge. And he doesn't show the jury doesn't see him. Why? Because he's a piece of shit. Yeah, they don't want them to see. But that's obstruction of justice. That is obstruction you know? of justice. And he gets tried for that about six years later. Well, as we'll what's, see. I mean, what's the sentencing for that as opposed to like, uh, actually raping and murdering someone? 
Well, all right. So Hamoka, Carla Hamoka in trial, pleads guilty to two counts of manslaughter and she receives a 12 year sentence, which right now she's out of prison. She's married with three kids, three new kids. She was living in Guatemala. She moved to Guatemala because the press was like media was so bad. She's I mean, I don't care. She's a piece of shit. Right. She moves back to Canada and it's a big outrage. Um, for her, so she, did she? Oh, I I have a question. I'm sorry, I may be getting ahead of myself, but so she was convicted of a manslaughter. She subsequently divorced her Kendall husband. Yeah, and then served her time, got out of prison, remarried, moved to Guatemala, and had three children. As soon as she got out of prison, she. All right, this is from the Globe and Mail. Tanned, slimmer, but still wear, oh, wary of strangers. Carla Hamolka now has three children and lives in... Oh, excuse me. She now lives in Guadalupe. Guadalupe. I don't know why I said Guadalupe. Our, Guadalupe our under the... Guadalupe. Yeah, she lives in Guadalupe under the name Leanne Bordalius. That's ironic. So she changed her name because the media... I mean, think about it. She's... I mean, it's crime of century in freaking Toronto, right? Or Ontario. She gets out of prison. Everyone hates her because she killed all these fourteen-year-old girls. Including she raped her them, sibling. and she only got, including her young sister, and she only got twelve years. I just have to. I, yeah. I, all right, this is this is the this is, this is. She got twelve years. That's it. That's crazy. I, I do and she to... tried to get out on parole before that. All right, the parole review board stated that Carla Homolka is a person highly artificial, articulate, manipulative manipulative who is egocentric if not narcissistic and whose behavior cannot be explained solely on the basis of intimidation or abuse by Paul Bernardo. They were saying so she got denied for parole. She was trying to get out before 12 years. Well they're saying that she had 12 years for killing her sister and two other 15 year old girls. So they're saying that her actions were independent of yeah, Bernardo's influence on But the her. jury didn't see the videotapes. They thought she was the battered wife. But they saw the videotapes. She was well involved in the yeah. raping and the murdering of all the women. That's crazy. Okay, so anyway, Paul ends up getting life in prison. Well, damn well deserved. But a minimum of 25 years until he can parole, which is kind of crazy. 25 years, so that's about... Last year, he should have been up for parole. Correct? Yes, which is why we're talking about this now. Okay, so... Oh, okay. I forgot that this was the current event. Yeah. So, his lawyer, Ken Murray, kept uh, keeps these videotapes for 16 months. Weren't they ordered to be destroyed, didn't you say? What, after the fact. Okay. So, he didn't even tell... The jury didn't even see them, so they didn't even make the decision based on 16 months. So, the entire court time... They, they had separate trials. Being such a psychopath as Paul Bernardo was, convinced and blamed the entire, or convinced the jury and blamed all the murders and all the rapes on Carla. And people what? believed that. Wow. He blamed his. Exactly. What? Exactly. Because no he's such way. a. Yes, is. All right, so. No, let, I just don't. I like. You know, you six. 
son of a okay, so no, but... You were the ones that, like, okay, so they're Jen, saying that she, I'm this. sorry, I'm just, not, just happened though. Let, let me get through this, please. All right, so 1995 November, Bernardo is declared as a dangerous offender, meaning he will spend the rest of his life in prison. So they know they've screwed up. Right. So they before they seen the videotapes, they put him in life without or life with twenty five years minimum before parole. They knew they screwed that up because he could get out in twenty five years. So they declared him as a dangerous offender, trying to lock him in there for life. Okay. So nineteen ninety six, the Ontario court judge ruled after all the juries saw the videotapes that they should be destroyed because they have no legal purposes. Now this is uh Paul Bernardo, when the detectives, and if you see the the audio doesn't do it justice, and we have the video, I'll put it on the website, but he he's asked, Point Blake, did he kill another victim that was not even mentioned in this episode, Elizabeth Bain? Because there's probably plenty of more victims, guys. Two is what we know of. There's probably 14, 15 that oh he killed. Gosh. So anyway, did you kill Elizabeth Bain? Did you kill Elizabeth Bain on June the 19th, 1990? Well, it's a loaded question. I mean, are we going to go back and, 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 and go through the time sequence of what happened in my life? I mean, I, I could just give a yes or no answer, but you know, there's a lot of issues about that. Right? What? You know, the, Carlos and my rule, who did what, where, when, this is why I said, did you guys, you know, go down there to get a polygraph to get to see if she was telling the truth? Like, why didn't Bevan do it in the first place? I mean, he's polygraphing everyone with the Camaro. Why would he make a deal with someone and not give him a polygraph? It's not incomprehensible to me. Uh, you know, because now I'm sitting, my file says her version, and it's a lie. <laughs> you know? I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not making... So the whole, the entire video, and this is like a 30 minutes interview with the police, that the judge mandated be this video with police is being studied by every forensic psychologist students worldwide now because a judge mandated it to be released because it needs to be a study tool. This entire interview, he derails the cop, the detectives, and they actually, you can see that he commands the meeting. It's very creepy. Well, he didn't even answer the question. Exactly. But if you watch the entire video, you actually feel sympathy for him. Even when you know he has slaughtered 14-year-old girls. Well, it's very creepy. It, when, all right, my first impression of this video was he, not only did he derail the question, he didn't answer the question, but then he started to put it on Carla who yeah. was claiming battered battered wife syndrome. So it's kind of like who is like who is telling what version of in which is the version that you should believe. You exactly. Know I mean? It's kind of it's interesting. It's crazy. Here's Jordan. Go Peterson. watch Paul Bernardo being interviewed by policemen on on YouTube. That's bloody. It, that's enlightening, man. Paul Bernardo, he's like the CEO of a meeting in that video, you know? He gives the cops hell, he gives the lawyers hell, he protests his innocence. He basically tells them that they're rude and untrustworthy because they don't trust him because he did a few little things 17 years ago. And he gets away with a few little things, right? I mean, he killed a bunch of people, including the sister of his girlfriend at the time. And, you know, he was a repeat sexual offender and murderer. It's like, but he basically goes, well, you know, that's a long time ago. It's like, 
we're, we're past that, aren't we? I mean, I'm having a discussion with you. I'm trying to solve, help you solve some crimes, which, by the way, I committed, but we won't bring that up. You know, and you're, you're, you're accusing me of being a liar. Like, you're not playing fair. What, what's up with you? And then when they answer, he looks at his fingernails, which is like, that's a lovely little manipulative thing, because it basically means whatever happens to be under my fingernail at the moment is much higher priority than listening to your foolish story. And you watch, you'll see people do that to you. And then you get a little insight into what they're up to. He's very good at that. And so, or he looks outside, or he, or, or he just looks at his hands, or he looks out the window, immediately dismissive in his nonverbal behavior. It's brilliant. The, the, the courts were forced to release that, by the way. But look it up, Paul Bernardo on YouTube. Wow, it's, it's just mind-boggling. So he's saying, basically, his demeanor in the videotapes, talking to detectives, because detectives... They were trying to solve all these other murders and, and rapes and stuff like that. So they came up to him and basically tried to see if he was connected. It's insane because he's such a psychopath. He actually like looks out the windows and kind of like, like nonchalant about like it. He doesn't even care. It doesn't matter. To yeah, him. but it derails that you can see him. Like he has no it, sense of insane. emotion, no it's, sense of empathy or sympathy. It's for a pure any psychopath. Anyway, this guy. He's in prison right now. The videotapes were destroyed. Um, Carla is out. She has three kids. She's actually doing freaking, I don't know, like volunteer work or something. Everyone hates her in the neighborhood. She moved back to Canada. Everyone freaking hates her. Teen serial killer Carla Homolka volunteered at Montreal Elementary School. This is from USA Today. Convicted serial killer Carla Homolka has been volunteering at Graves... Adventist Academy in Montreal and the news is not sitting well with people on social media. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be sitting well with me either if a convicted serial killer or a serial manslaughter yeah. or whatever was working with my children. Like, yeah, you know, so. Like, that's a, that's a big deal. That's like a red flag, you know, you have to get, take all this training. I mean, I don't know what the difference is between Canada and the United States, but like in the United States, at least you have to take this quarry training and all this stuff. Like, I wouldn't want a convicted serial killer or a manslaughterer to be working with my children. Yeah, so uh, one guy from Twitter, Alex Edwards, says, I'm a firm believer in rehabilitation, but letting notorious child murderer Carla Homolka volunteer at a school seems a bit unwise. Well, yeah. Another one says, why, um, what, why is Carla Homolka allowed to be around children? That's what's wrong with our world. Well, um, to think about it, I'm sorry to interject, but it's like, not only was she convicted of these serial crimes but like they were they were kids they were yeah. 14 15 year olds she killed her 14 year old sister like that's different i mean all right you're a terrible person if you kill anyone we all know my opinion about crimes against children but like yeah. it's just it's just um it, it, i feel like it's different but it's still awful and you don't want that either type of person around to be an influence on your kids. So how is that even happening? Carla Homolka was released from prison 2005 on July 4th from her 12-year sentence. So she's a free woman. After so she actually... Years? Yes, she moved to Guadalupe, had three children, and then moved back to Canada. Everyone was in uprage about it. because, too. But, I mean, th she's a free woman. But the only reason she's free is because they didn't see the videotapes because the lawyer, Ken Murray 
held them, and he actually got charged with obstruction of justice. Good. If they would have saw those videotapes, she would have still been in prison. Good, she should be. Um, in prison, Carl Bernardo, two years ago, wrote a book, and this headlines comes from thestar.com. Bernardo's ebook proves he can't spell, write, or think, <laughs> and it is a 600-something page fictional novel about all kinds of dumb shit. Um, a mad world. The book's no, called. That's a direct quote, correct? A mad no is mine. A mad world or this is a direct quote. A mad world order, which is what the book's called, covers Al Qaeda, the Freemasons, Illuminati, Russian military, Chinese drug smugglers, Russian mafia, nuclear attacks, Golden Bones, Knights Templar, hackers, and the U.S. Special Forces. Could he have not just picked just one with two main characters, Mason and his friend Kyle? Who are all friend? Who are all kinds of busies? Who are all kind of busies in way in ways I frankly could not follow. So it was basically a six hundred page jumbled mess. This article here says the Kindle version costs the Kindle version costs seven dollars and seventy seven cents, which I just downloaded on the Kindle app. But I feel like I wasted my money. The first sentence had a spelling error, and then every sentence after that had a spelling error. And Amazon got such a backlash that they actually took it off within like a week well, because is- everyone hate they they were protesting Amazon for it. So Amazon removed it. I looked everywhere because I tried eBay. Errors? I tried eBay. I tried Amazon. I tried torrent sites. I cannot find Was this it freaking book. Of spelling errors. No, it's because he's a convicted serial killer make, trying to make profit oh, off a freaking because, Amazon ebook. Well, they should have probably used Grammarly. All right, so the reason that Paul Bernardo even came up to my newsfeed to begin with is because now he's called the serial girl killer. Oh. So he's got a lot of aliases. He's a serial kill. Uh, he's a schoolgirl killer. He's also the Scarborough rapist. He's also the Ken and Barbie mur- or killers. So he's got a lot of aliases, right? Well, yeah. Um, this uh, article is from CBC.Canada. It's Paul Bernardo convicted schoolgirl killer in court on weapons charge. So hmm. here's what's happening, guys. This guy is kind of eligible for parole right but now. Not. Well, in the next two years. But I feel like they're trying to pin him on anything because they don't want this guy out. They know they made a mistake. Canada kind of made a mistake with giving him life, but 25 years parole, and he's been trying to parole. So they're trying, I feel like they're trying to keep him in there because, guys, we don't want this freaking guy out. Well, yeah, no, this guy no, needs to stay in there forever. He does. He should probably die. In yeah. There. So this guy was, he's appeared in court uh, earlier this week on April 13th for a weapons charge. He got caught in his cell with a shank made of a pen. Huh. And some type of, uh, like, a pen and a needle, like, ink pen. Is that, like, Shawshank? Yeah. So, anyway, I, I feel like they're highlighting it so they can keep him in prison. If there's a petition site out there to keep this guy in prison, he needs to be in prison for the rest of his life. Yes, he does. does not need to be out. Nope. But I, I feel like the Canadian government made may a mistake. Because, you know, once you, just like Carla Hamalka, right, once you give... Once you sign the papers for her parole or for her plea bargain, bargain you can't take it back. No. So it's just like this. You got to keep this guy in prison, guys. Like, you know, I, I feel like this is a direct attempt, a cry for help 
to make sure this guy stays in prison. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Talk Murder to Me. As always, this is Jen signing out for John and Nicole. We always appreciate your listenership. Remember to like in our, and subscribe to our Facebook page, Twitter page, and check out TalkMurder.com for any further information, including up- updates about tonight's episode. Have a great night, guys. Mm-hmm.